Hello, everybody, and welcome to Documentation Not Included. It is Thursday, 7 p.m., not British summertime, but UK time. Who knows? It's, I, I give up British time, summertime. It is, is British. it British summertime? It's okay, summer, and we're in Britain. It's, okay, it certainly doesn't feel that way. But anyway, we're <laughs> live on twitch.tv slash stream. It is time for episode 5.2, Weird Dev Stories, part 2. I am Josie, and I am joined by my awesome beardy companion and wonderful co-host. And I love the fact that he actually pronounced this for me in our show notes. So, Chris Seabock. Yay! Last week, you said, hello, Mrs. Sebok in channel, and it was my wife that you were talking to. So, oh! Yes, and, it, and she, I... she, said, uh, she said, oh, does she not realize it was me? Anyway, hello, Josie, how are you doing? Um, and hello to everybody in Twitch chat, of course, as well. Um, if you have anything to say during the show, please do get involved. We will read out any co comments, relevant, funny, or otherwise, um, as long as they fit in with the show and they're not too abusive. Abusive comments might get read out as well, but you never know. Um, Anthony Keenan is joining us today, as you can see. He's actually joining me in the flesh. It is proof that we are good friends. It is proof that we actually... And you, you can see him... him. Admit it. And you can see him in more than one frame per second as well. <laughs> which is... And, and hopefully in decent quality, quality too. Uh, so yes, hello Anthony. So ironic that the... Uh... The internet connection up in the wild north is is uh, so much better than in the middle of London. Absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wi-Fi though, probably or something like that. No, it's wired. It's wired. It's, oh, it's just even terrible. Worse. It's just even worse. Ooh. Well, I have a question for everyone who is listening because we have such a weird setup. I want to make certain you guys are able to hear Mr. Seabock and Mr. Keenan well. So please let us know if sound is okay, just because they're forced to share a microphone, germs and all. Mm. We were mm. we were desperately trying to get a second mic working, but unfortunately, Windows drivers don't work very well with uh, with this particular production program. So, fair enough. So there seems to be a touch of lag, but as long as you can hear us clearly, I hopefully that is a good thing. So. As always, before we get started, we have an icebreaker question. It is a question we ask everybody who joins our podcast, regardless of how many times they've been here. I believe this is your fourth appearance, Anthony. Yeah. Oddly enough. <laughs> So we tried to pick uh, topics that have absolutely nothing to do with dev. And I was really tempted to pick a dev question from something I asked a long, long time ago on the data mine, way, way back in the day when Chris and I used to do things together, but I didn't. So our question today is actually inspired by Rammstein because okay. Rammstein's new album has come out and their guitarist, Richard Crisp, and I'm probably totally butchering that name, and, uh, but he actually chose at the age of 20 to change his name. He was born Sven. So my question to you is, if you could change your name, what would you change it to and why? Anthony. So I, I would definitely change my name to Volrath, Lord of Darkness. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Why? Well, I don't know. I used a magic card I picked up once and I went, just that's a really cool name. And ever, and ever since that, like, whenever... You know, I, I was going to do my firstborn son, and then my, you know, my pets, and then. I, but you, I probably just named myself. I thought that would be better. I think. Yeah, that's Rath, a good one. I like that. Darkness. Well, Keenan. I, I would call myself Mike. Simple Why? as that. Because I always liked the kit, the, the name Mike, and that's kind of where Spikey came from. Because I, did, I couldn't call myself Mike as a pseudonym, you know, online, and Spike kind of came from that in a little kind of way. But yeah. No, no. Boring, not not Volrath, Lord, Volrath of Lord of Darkness. I like that. I like that. What about you, Josie? I, per 
I would pick a name from my ancestry. I have an aunt, great, 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 great aunt, and a couple of other great, great, great aunts who have this as a name. I would change my first name to Choice. Okay. That sounds like a I think celebrity's it is such child. A unique... No, it's such a, but this is, think about this. This is back before the Great Depression. Like, this is an old, old name. The, the actual C H O I C E, choice. Right. I oh. love that name. Never heard. Never just, heard it. Oh. Of course not. It's another reason why I would have it. it. Because then, you know, people would be like, hey, choice. And I'd be like, do you have one? I have two for you. Yes or no? Red pill, blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh. Right. So, um, uh, so now it's time to get into our second story time. Uh, this is the second time we've done a weird development stories or weird stories episode. Um, and mm. last time was, I think it was the 22nd of November. I said, I think, I said I'm reading it off a script, so I know for definite it was the 22nd of November <laughs> in 2018. <laughs> um, it is about time we did another one. So let's get going. Who's going to start? What, what develop, who, who wants to break the ice with the development story? I'm not going to go first. I've got loads this time. Well, see, I've got quite a few, too. I also have a couple from our viewers, listeners, and stuff as well. So how about... Well, why don't we do a listener one, then? Yeah, how about if I pick that one? Okay, so I have to pull my other notes out because I have written things. Okay, so what I'm going to tell you is the cautionary tale of... Uh... Out of curiosity, before I begin the story, how many of you have been sitting there working with people or doing whatever it is in your job, and to your side, you hear someone go, uh... Is that a have you ever help? had that moment? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I've definitely, definitely heard that a few times. So, one of our uh, listeners uh, was telling me the story of the time that they deleted the entire production database. Now, we all have stories like this. Any one of us who tries to say that we have never done something on prod, we, we're all liars. There's always, it just happens. No one is perfect, so it's okay. Now, I am changing names. I am not mentioning companies and other things because, you know, it's, it's respectful. But what happened is this. They accidentally formatted the underlying LUNs. Right. And it was based on this whole shared storage thing. So they were rebuilding one of the nodes. They told it to completely ignore the SAN connection. So we're talking about the SAN stuff. Yeah. But the RHEL installer had different ideas. That's a Red Hat. Red Hat installer. Right, okay. Yeah. A lot of so, acronyms here. I'm, I'm yeah, following. Yeah, so there's a lot of acronyms in this one. But what he said is, <coughs> I probably should have physically disconnected them in hindsight. But the RHEL really didn't help because it shouldn't have mm. done what it did. So he did his work, he made his change, and he used to sit next to the DBA, which is your database administrator. And the first he actually knew something had happened and he had done a oopsie, was the DBA was next to Oh, we just, oh, unfortunately just lost Josie. If she can still hear us, we shall continue. Um, I have a sort of story. I think we both have stories very we similar We both have to stories that. that, yeah, I mean... That immediately one came to mind. Then my very, very first... Um, the, the first time I ever had an issue with um, a production system was... Sorry, Josie. Sorry. We've we've launched into other stories now already. We, we took the reins and, and went with it. Um, yeah, so we... we uh, I, 
in fact, I'll let you finish. Go on. I'll let you finish the story. You'll let me finish. Yes, I'm go so on. glad to have permission to finish the story. <laughs> but um, yeah, so basically he heard the guy pounding on his keyboard and then he just heard the horrible sound that could ever be heard. Err. Thankfully, there was a backup because it was mirrored over to the mm. DR site. Let this be a lesson to every single person. If you do anything online, you need to back up because the actual act of the deletion of this production database would have literally killed the company as a whole because that particular company dealt in data. Mm. So if it had actually succeeded and there had been no backup, no disaster recovery, no nothing, their company would have gone under because they would have lost everything. I've been in situations where deleting data would have possibly killed people, not just the company, you know, actually being responsible for Oh, God, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I've had that with a, a little security thing I had to put up with, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, I have a, a similar story. I was just about to tell the um, the very first time I made a production mistake, and I can only recall two in my career. One I've told before. <laughs> <laughs> For those listening on the podcast, Anthony was just uh, just giving a, a, a signal as if I'd made a lot. <laughs> anyway, the, the very first time was actually when I was working on, I was on a different team, but I was working in the same company as Anthony. Um, and I all I did was delete and recreate a stored procedure. Now, at the time, SQL Server wasn't capable of, um, if that stored procedure was locked in any way or was being used by a particular function or it was cached or whatever within a client, it just broke everything. And it was a socket. It was a, a um, TCP socket. So the TCP socket was online, getting used by 100 or so clients, all accessing it. And I ran this stored procedure, just broke it, completely broke it. No idea what I'd done, absolutely no idea whatsoever, because I've been doing the same thing on a development system forever with no live clients. And uh, yeah, so I learned very quickly that modifying a stored procedure was the better way to go for that particular thing. But stored procedures aren't really a thing as much these days, anyway. Well, no, stored procedures used to be huge. Yeah. Like they were a big part of uh, having good maintenance on the server, especially that well, specifically databases. But yeah. Well, and if you want any performance, you still need to. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that on another no, another podcast. No. Yeah, we will. Anyone who listened to last week's podcast know that we kind of got a little bit heated about um, QA, wasn't it? QA. The beautiful thing about this, of you both being in the same room, is that if you guys do start to go to get to fisticuffs. Like we actually get to witness yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you get to and watch it. And if blood is drawn, etc., you know, we could earn our plus eighteen rating and our explicit yeah, yeah. that we tag our show with. So, so just going back to what you said, Josie, about you know, telling everybody that you know, if you're ever going to do it in production, the one thing that you have to do is just remember to back it up. It's the most important thing. Doesn't matter how many times you say that to people, until you've deleted your first production database, you don't remember to do it every time. You can say it all you want. You can write as many books about it. You can write as many procedures. But until you've until you've pressed that button and felt your whole the, all of the blood drain from your body, just as, as you're sort of realising, yeah, you go white. Like I have, I, I've I, fight or flight instinct immediately kicks in. I'm positive that I went. I told my experience of that the first time we did one of these weird dev stories, and and it, I, I know exactly where you find it. It's, it's awful. Even even when I'm a, I hold my hands up when I do something wrong, you know, and my God, it was still terrifying considering the scale of what I just did. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. No, no. 
So, so my... so I, I, I just thinking about it. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> oh. So, so my um, my database deletion story, my world, what you know, my production. I, I was um, when I first started working, I used to do uh, uh, till systems, cash register systems, mm-hmm. POS, um, POS. Oh, yeah. Old. Woohoo! And uh, we were a really small company at the time, so. I used to go out on the road with an engineer. I wasn't allowed. I wasn't allowed. So I had to have an engineer to to, to, to drill things and screw things in and, and yeah. wire things up because I wasn't allowed to touch any of that. You mean uh, you, mean you chose to have an engineer to do no, that? No, well. no, I wasn't. I wasn't allowed anything allowed sharp. <laughs> or, uh, I was allowed to. They usually sent um, engineers with the developers because we weren't allowed to speak to people because we might tell them the truth about the software. That was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, I I used to I used to train the, the staff and the, the software was quite um, uh, how should we say uh, young. That's a good way. So I, I quite often, you know, while I was in the shop. It's the best way to to find out issues, really. And like, if somebody would show me something, I'd, I'd go and fix it. While I, while I was there, anyway. So I, I did this. I made this one change. And there was a lot of store procedures in all all of the systems. It was a company that me and Chris worked at. Uh, and I was I was doing something in the database, and I pressed the button. I pressed the button, and my face, you know, all the blood drained from my body. I deleted all of the uh, all of the data at the database. Luckily, there was um, there was nobody in the shop at the time. Hmm. But just as I pressed the button, I looked up at the camera and the managing director of the company came mm-hmm. in. And the managing director of this company was an, like, he's an ex-army officer, this massive bloke. And I could just see him talking to the to the, um, to the, to the people that, you know, on the, on, the, on the tills. And I was oh, coding away. I was like, oh, I've got about 45 seconds to restore this data before it gets into the back room. Uh, those, I, um, those taps everybody on the podcast and here is uh, Anthony tapping my uh, oh, my, my thing just, by the way just just, just thought I'd just thought sorry, I'd know. I'm aware. <laughs> just to get all over the place we did discuss his gesticulations before the show started so was 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 this someone I knew or was it for the, one of the point of sale uh, customers it was, it was it was one of the point of sale right, customers probably, so probably before, you, then, before yeah. you knew him but um, I mean, he, he was he was a really nice guy yeah as long as you didn't get on the wrong side of him as long as you didn't um, delete his dirt. As list. long as you didn't you know, completely <laughs> trash a hole. Did you restore it? I managed to do it in about. Uh, it, I, by the time, by the time he got to the back office, the backup, uh, you know, was restored, and I've never. I swear, the keyboard was like, steam was coming off the keyboard. Yeah. I've never. And then, like, I had to just pretend oh, like everything was all right when he's in there. Where I was sort of had one eye on the camera to see where that, like, nobody, that everything was working fine on the on the till. Oh. But I did it. I, yeah. you- I'm sorry, I have to, it, it's not quite a dev story, it's more of a slight frustration, but I get such a kick out of the TV shows and things where they have hackers yeah. who have like 50 keyboards oh, by them. Oh, swordfish. Uh, just... Oh my god, it's like, really? No! <laughs> it doesn't work that way, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Chris! Yes, right, okay. Um, I've got I've got a fair few, but there's one that I really want to save to the end, and that's um, my Breaking Bad client story. I don't Ooh. think I've told that on the podcast because it is quite, um, it's a bit raw. It's definitely 18 plus, put it that way. Um, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell it a little bit later on. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a simple one. Um, I was working at Dead Simple, not actually that interesting or really that dev related, but I was walking through um, Manchester one day. Um, I was working for a client on the same street as the Opera House. Um, if you know where the Opera House is on the, on the kind of in Salford area, um, and I was doing—I don't do it very often. I'm not—I'm not a guy who stares at my phone while I'm walking around. But for some reason, I was staring at my phone, and uh, there was this big crowd of people in front of me. I didn't notice, and they kind of—they kind of kind of ushered backwards into me, 
and I kind of hit somebody and I looked up um, and as I was on lunch from, from a dev job and uh, I looked up and it was uh, I get them mixed up it so was, does everybody else I know which way they are on the TV I'm just trying to figure it out my head so it was Deck from Ant and Deck and I've, I walked into Deck from Ant and Deck and um, the, the, honestly the, the bouncers <coughs> the bouncers just there was three of them just lunged on me straight away and kind of ushered me off didn't, didn't do anything more than that but I was like oh my god he smiled at me and everything and I was quite chuffed that I met a celebrity and I met a celebrity that I quite like as well and, you know, from up, up near my neck, neck of the woods but yeah that's just a just a little simple one to, to get us into it but excellent <laughs> Excellent. You have met rich, rich people. You have met famous people. I won't say they're rich. Well, they probably are rich, actually, thinking about it. I will pull from our chat now. Yeah. Toltepe, one of our favorite listeners. One of them. We have quite a few, but he's up there. Um, for those of you who are unaware, Toltepe does work on PLC systems and things like that. Someday you will be on the show. Mm -hmm. I'm watching you. But uh, when we were when you were talking about the whole deletion of stuff like that, Anthony, he says, I did something similar with a ship control system once. Doing a minor SW change and ended up wiping every setting oh. slash parameter and had to do a full recommissioning of the system. Was that a live ship as well? Or was that a... I guess we'll have beta, to have to ship? Do you have development is, is production development system ship? ships? Yes. Now you know why I want to get him on the show. <laughs> Just think about this. Oh, he says yes. Oh. As he just as have, have we just found out who was responsible for the Titanic? The Titanic. Because that had computers. He, <laughs> I don't think he was alive then. Sorry. Like sorry. no, 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 no. <laughs> he says they were at the dock outside his office doing a minor change to the system. Oh, that's all right then. You're not going to sink a ship in the dock, are you? Well, I'd say that they probably have done in the past. I'm sure there was an issue. Wasn't there an issue with a with a ferry that sank because it set off and the and the bay doors were still open, but it didn't like there was some system Failure. problem that they didn't realise the doors were open so it set off and obviously well it sank. Alright, okay. So yes, the do sinking docks. Sorry. Uh Tosepe says Estonia question mark. Is that what you're thinking of, Anthony? No, I th I think it was in Belgium, but I'm sure it's happened several you know, more than once. <sighs> Possibly too many times. Mm. So have you got one, Josie, specifically for yes. your experience, from your experiences? I do have something from my experiences. Um, so as you know, uh, I'm a freelancer. And as you know, I, I, have, I have worked around the block and I've been in the industry for quite a while. Um, this is a slight frustration, but it dawned on me when I went to go log in. Now, we're fans of Git. Uh, or some kind of versioning system, whether using SVN, Git, I don't really care. It's just, it's having a real good way of tracking the changes that were made, all that other things that go with it. So of course there's Git, GitHub, there's Bitbucket. Like we know there's a lot of different things out there. Probably about eight months ago or so, I was working for a client and I went to log in to a whole like system for them and it dawned on me it was my 18th instance of self-hosted GitLab that I had to gain access to. Okay. 18th instance. And all I can all I could say is I why? Like I get it. 
I understand the desire to self-host and as a freelancer, we're kind of at the mercy of our clients and stuff like that. But the amount of logins that I have now for Bitbucket, Git, GitHub, or not Git, but GitHub, um, uh, uh, GitLab, it's staggering to me. I'll tell you what, though. I am damn happy that I can use SSH keys. Yeah, yeah. I, but that, man, for, that for whole initial login. I have, oh. For all the repositories, I use pretty much the same SSH key unless it's an internal you know, one for a particular client where I don't, right, have, I yeah. don't want to use my existing own SSH key. But yeah. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a question, Git question mark. That, so Git is a, a source control oh, system that everybody uses. Are you being sarcastic? Is that sarcasm? He's being exceptionally cheeky. Um, so because he uh, works in PLCs and because of the uh, proprietary he, languages he has to use and the proprietary... Get... Yeah, he... He's stuck he, on he... Visual Saucer for... I'm so sorry. No, no, it, it's even kind of worse than that. The the stuff that um, is used in a proprietary way, if you open up the application, it makes like 56 changes. Right. So even if you just open it to look at like your coding and how you've got okay. you know different things and different components and modules interacting and things like that, it makes huge changes. And then when you close it, it does even more changes. Right. So it doesn't revert it back to its other state. So trying wow. to do versioning with the proprietary systems that he has to use is almost a nightmare. Trust me, I know I worked with him on it for an entire day because we were trying to figure out something. Can you not, uh, he says he says binaries uh, in use a lot. Can you not use Git's large uh, file system or large? It's, it's that's just it. They're not even huge. They're not even massive. They don't need to be huge, it's binaries, that's the thing. But anyway, well, but, we're, we're but, off, yeah, we're off in, in his in his particular case, he's being a cheeky monkey or a cheeky move. So I have to say, I talking about all the logins. My current company is the first company that I've worked at where everything has been provisioned in the cloud, and yeah. I can Single work completely remotely with no VPN, no just just my you know. Have you got a ro remote to, VM to, to work on as well? I don't don't need a remote VM. No, Which, that's what I mean. Everything is in the cloud, so nothing is in the office. There's no. It's it's essentially just an internet connection in the office. So what 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 what's your IDE then? How do you work in the code? Oh, so I've got a, my laptop. I just take my laptop with me. But right, I also have okay. it set up. On, right, yeah. I have it set up on my home machine as well because I can access everything through you know just my standard SSH key. So if you said everything's in the cloud, you could have the VM in the cloud for your development as well. I, so but I do have... actually have a VM in the cloud as well, just in case I need to make any changes and like my laptop breaks and I need to use some of these crappy computers or something. So which is which yeah. is also you know. That's that's one thing I've started doing recently. Uh, so I got um, a company that I worked at six, seven years ago. Uh, they added me to their MSDN account, and they still and, and I had to join it with with a non-work email address. Yeah. And they still not removed me, so I get like forty dollars worth of uh, Azure credits every week, yeah. every month, which is just enough to have like a really serious sort of um, sixty-four gig. 64 core sort of like massive dev machine that I can just spin up for you know a few days at a time when I want to do something serious yeah, which yeah. is quite nice for free <laughs> oh the security girl in me is freaking out yeah. right well, now I'm just I've, waiting for it to disappear I've got I've got two or three previous MSDN subscriptions that are still sat on my account that I don't use I've got my own I pay for my own licensing for everything but the clients just do not remove them they just give them to, they insist that I have them and then don't remove them 
Just licenses, though. It's not like yeah. access to their internal systems. No. They, that gets removed, believe me. That's, that's, that's not the point. No, 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 it's not the point. Anyway, we're, we're getting off topic from the weird, uh, the yes. weird dev stories. <laughs> um, was that that was Josie then? So well, that going. was that was Tultepe. Okay. Mixed a little bit with me with my get frustration. And then a little bit of him and his, I can do all the things in the cloud. But yes, it's on you, Chris. It's on me, right. Um, okay, I, I, can't, I can't remember if I have uh, done this one before. I don't think so. I have worked for, and I'm sure, and I know Josie has experienced this before. I'm sure everybody here has experienced this before. We've had a show about this, in fact, um, which is uh, Them versus Us show. I have ah, worked. With my husband. Yes, yes, with your husband. We've, I've experienced a number of times um, places where teams don't get on or teams don't work together very well. Put it that way. One particular client I worked for a number of years ago. Um, I was in. I happened to be in office for the entire contract, um, and I was taken on to take a legacy system from being a legacy system into a brand new world and rewrite it and redesign it and work with a technical architect on the infrastructure and everything. I was fairly not junior, mid mid level developer kind of thing then. Anyway, so I I came in and did all this work, and there was things like I needed I needed the infrastructure team to do. Uh, to do little things, little itty bitty things. And there was no real process in place. They were an external team as well. And I will not name the company because they're a very large company that can tend to put teams on site in various different places. There was a small team. Um, so this infrastructure team asked them to do something. They didn't do anything. You go down and they're throwing balls around the office at each other. And then you go down again and then you ask them to do it again. And they finally do it. Now, all it is is. I've sent them a command that they need to run to create an access control list or something for a particular thing that I need a service account creating for or something like that. It's something simple, something easy. It gets to a point where it's getting quite frustrating and a massive blocker. And I'm explaining to line management and I'm escalating as I need to. Everyone's getting really frustrated with them. It gets to a point where I don't know why, but they end up bringing their management in from down south and they bring them in. We sit around this round table and it's like Mexican standoff type moment. And I'm just- One I'm half a, one team, one half the other team. I'm not, I just want to explain before I tell you the conclusion to this, I am not this person anymore. I used to be a lot more- um, A lot less chilled. Yes, yes, so. that's a good way to put it. I used to be a lot <laughs> less chilled. These days, everything, nothing's that important. You know, everything will get done at some point. And I understand the bureaucratic process. This was way beyond a bureaucratic process. This was people just being obstinate, people just being lazy because they could. They had the luxury of being lazy. They didn't have management. They didn't have processes in place and they were just not doing what they needed to do. All sorts of stuff, provisioning servers, all kinds of things. And anyway, so we're at this table and this guy sat opposite me, the the lead of the infrastructure team, just starts lying out of, just in front of me, to my, not looking at me, but to my face, lying about everything, every single thing. We had a list of things that they should have done and they hadn't done and loads of deadlines that they'd missed and they had nothing else to do. I got to a point where, I mean, I, I don't, I don't blow up. It's not me. It's not my. It's not my thing. And I, I had. I can't remember the last time I did. I don't think I ever did when I was working with you. I don't think I ever nope. done with any of my clients. But it was just, just barefaced lying to me. And I remember, the next thing I remember, I was sat in my chair, 
in uh, in my in the office, not in the meeting room anymore. And and I just I, what I'd done is I'd kind of seen red, thrown my chair at the wall, right, <laughs> and just and just I can't even remember if I said anything to them or anything. But anyway, the next thing I knew, I was sat on my chair, kind of calming down. The uh, technical architect had walked back in, and he was really embarrassed by what I'd just done. To be fair, and I'm I'm not surprised to be honest because it's highly unprofessional. But when you're getting lied to, and they're just lying to save their their backs, what I mean, what can you do but have a them versus us attitude in that kind of situation? You know, I, there was nothing. I did everything right. And this is oh. this is one of those things where I I will throw out the number one thing you should do is document. Mm. emails transactions conversations um it's it's kind of part of um itil actually if you apply sort of slight itil methodologies to how you do your change requests and absolutely everything else and you say i spoke with x at this time using this phone number and then you'll have the ability to have logs and trackbacks and everything it's basically cover your ass mm. Because unfortunately, we have people in our industry who are um, freeloading jerks. <laughs> yeah, freeloading jerks. Who are complete and utter jerks. And like, it's funny because I can't picture you doing that now, Chris. No, but no. I can picture you doing something like that when you were much younger. And I was a bigger man. I was a lot more. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I used to go to the gym, and I was a fairly muscly guy. Never did testosterone, you know steroids or anything like that it was none of that but i was a, i was a much bigger man so you can imagine me exploding i actually put a, <coughs> I put a hole in the wall behind me doing this as well uh, and i was a contractor so they could quite easily have just fired me on the spot they could quite easily have sued me for damage and all kinds of stuff the people who were on my team if you know what i mean they all understood and in fact their manager understood as well um but it was very unprofessional. i would never recommend that to anybody <laughs> put it that way um, and, I, just, and I, I have to say I have, I have, I have seen it happen, yeah, several times over the years with diff with different people, and I've been very close to it myself. And the the one thing I I I'm a pretty calm person. These well, days, I'm a lot calmer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the one thing that is guaranteed to to make me see red is people blatantly lying. Lying, and it is or... a sad a sad thing that you have to spend more time doing bureaucracy and documentation to cover your ass. And that has more value than the work that you're doing a lot of the time. Especially the bigger the corporation, I find the more the more your value is 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 based on the amount of you know paperwork you do rather than the there was actual... there was actually another story that I was going to tell, but it's it's linked to this. I might as well say it at the same time. I've seen that again. Somebody explored. It was a tester. You told it last. You told it in the last weird devs. Did I? The tester you who did. just Cause, went because Pepe says better the chair than hitting. Someone, and it reminded me of the story you told of the guy who was calm, who was a tester, who stood up and decked somebody. Yeah, okay, so I did tell nowhere. it. Yeah. But it, it wasn't just that though. The the the, the tester was a um, he was a black man, and he he pulled the race card immediately as well. And he, there was nothing, there was no racism whatsoever there about it. He just pulled this and just decked this guy, and and. I mean, I, I don't think I was actually in the office when it happened. I think I was in a meeting room, kind of heard it happen, but I didn't actually well, see yeah, it happen. I think, but I saw I the blood afterwards, saying, you yeah. know. <laughs> Again, totally just out of the blue, you know. And anyone can... It, this is this is the, 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 
the moral of the story, I think, is you don't know what's going on in somebody's life, so be nice, you know? I posted it on my Facebook the other day with uh, some other vulgar stuff involved, but yes, it was... Uh, uh, that's my philosophy these days, at least, anyway. Mm. Anthony. Right, well, so, the first company that, uh, well, well the, the, com the first company that I worked on, the, the company where myself and Chris met, the, the, the sort of head developer there was a guy called Joe, or Jose, we call him sometimes behind his back because he was not Spanish in the slightest. <laughs> so, he, <laughs> this guy called Joe, right? And... I think we've we've all met. I mean, we've all met people, developers who are slightly eccentric, completely brilliant, but not really able to work with other people. No. If you if you you know, I mean, he was mm. he he he'd he'd code something up and get it working in a you know, in a pretty you know, really quickly. The code would be completely maintainable and ununderstandable to anybody else. But he 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 would just he would just sit on it for for you know like twenty four hours if he had to to just to like the sheer willpower to, to get it done anyway he, he was a bit of a character I remember when he interviewed me going into the office and I, I had a suit on and I had a tie on you know I was looking all smart I was about 12 so the suit didn't fit me my mum had bought it for me uh, and he just he sort of wandered into the room and he was wearing this like this vest this massive hairy chest Hair everywhere. a gold a gold medallion no shoes on uh, and I, th I think he just had shorts and That's socks on. Better than my interview. Well, I'm yeah, well, I'm I'm met... you reminded me of that when you were talking about going to the gym. So, <laughs> um, and like he just he just sort of like put his feet up on the table. His like socks were like, right next to the face. Um, but really, you know, a really nice guy. Anyway, that that was my first introduction to Joe. Um, do you want to talk? What, go on. How, how did you? So get my, your my job first introduction to Joe was um, both of us were naked in a sauna. <laughs> Not, not nearly, you know, nearly naked. Not like I would have been fully naked if I was allowed, but I wasn't. Um, uh, but yeah, our fully, show is rated plus eighteen, right? I, re oh, <laughs> I remember he, he he. I talked to him a few times um, like that day, just in the gym, and he's he loves he loved. Well, I don't know if he still does, but he loved his fitness and stuff, and so did I at the time. I was really into going to the gym, and said it was kind of while we were drying ourselves and that in the changing rooms and and that that he offered me an interview for a job as a developer because I told him I was unhappy with my current job where I was kind of getting the advantage I was getting taken advantage of um so yeah and, and I got I didn't get the job because of that but I got the I got an interview because of that I, know, I worked with Joe for 11 years and I, I am thankful that in those 11 years I never saw him naked uh yeah yeah you, you, but they, <laughs> you, you've seen you've seen the the, the hairy chest of that so, you so, need to yeah, see. Yeah. So, yeah. so <laughs> did I tell you about the interview I did with a particular large company? I can't remember. See, of course, now you're doing interview stories, so I've got to do interview stories. I did an interview with a company um, here in the United Kingdom. It's a very, very big, big international company. Um, it's one of those things where if I named it, you go, <clears throat> "Oh yeah." And I remember distinctly the interview process. It was for a very simple, simple thing, just simple data entry, nothing big, nothing fancy. And they were trying to get as many people in because they were converting systems. So they needed as many people in to do that. I was sitting there and two people walked in to interview me, a guy in a suit and a girl in a very lovely dress. And they proceeded to pretty much ignore me and talk about who was sleeping with who in the <laughs> office. <laughs> oh god uh, and uh, i just i i sat there and i was just like okay and i'm like oh ha 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 huh 
I'm like, they're mentioning names of people I don't even know. And all I could think of, well, uh, that was happening. And by the way, you're watching my husband prep to go play squish. Um, huh? But uh, uh, I, I just was sitting there just like, are you, what? This is not an environment I want to be in. I mean, the most I learned about it was there are going to be times when the system is going to go down because it's flaky as fuck. Quote in an interview, flaky as fuck. <laughs> and, you know, we just want you to know that you'll be bored. And I'm like, so this means I have to get involved in interpolitical drama of who's sleeping with who? So that, that was the job you are going to be bought. Did you, did you take the job? No, absolutely not. I, I have it, a monochrome it. of decency. Not much, mind you, but I'm, I have a monochrome of decency. I've got an. In I mean, I've got plenty of interesting uh, interview stories. I probably covered most of them during other shows, to be honest. Uh, it, it, I know, though, in an interview, if I'm going to like the job or not, for one reason yes. or another. Yes. And usually, yes. it's absolutely. it's a case of somebody. If I'm on, a, I had a phone interview with somebody a while ago, um, and. Oh, I've only got I've only got um, fifteen minutes because I'm really really busy. I work until two o'clock in the morning and get up at five o'clock in the morning and and it's like okay, so that's setting the tone for the kind of contract that it's going to be or the kind of job it's going to be. And then she was she proceeded to be quite rude with me as well and basically calling me an idiot in the interview. And it was like I've, I think I've, again I've told the story to both of you and possibly on the podcast. I've had other ones where they've wanted me to do programming on a big screen while 12 people sit behind me and watch me program. And it's like, I mean, real world, what, do you not do pair, bro pair programming? I said, well, I don't generally, but this isn't pair programming. This is an interview situation where I'm under a lot of stress This is a anyway. tutorial. You're showing yeah. them how to do their job. It's fine doing a stream yeah. because I'm totally in control of that and I can have 10 million people watching. I wish I could have 10 million people watching me stream programming, but it's not the same at all. In an interview, there's something at stake, you know? There's not yeah. necessarily, you know, I'm going to get asked a question or something. Is. Or maybe but trolled on the Pair programming is meant to be collaborative. That's not collaborative. So anyway, Tell I was, people watching you. I was struggling to do a, a link query group by, right? Because that's what I needed to do for this particular test. Just because I... I was stressing, simple as that. I do them all the bloody time, you know. They they are more advanced, but they're still, you know, it's still fairly complex. And I and I just I just couldn't do it. I just could not do it. And I was I was doing the lambdas and I was getting it kind of right and then not and then messing it up when I got the actual thing compiling. And I was like, and I just I said, I'm sorry, I'm just not used to this kind of situation. I can't do, I can't function like this. So they all decided to talk between themselves in the interview so they were all talking about again office politics and other things and the projects that were going on while I was sat there with the six still up on the screen you know oh, just I didn't I mean they offered me the job I just said no I said I'm sorry I can't work with that kind of expectation you know it just it's not it's not realistic that kind of thing so I've got another one from our viewers listeners and watchers and people yep so uh, this one is basically titled Doctor Who. Huh? So they say, after exhausting all possibilities of optimizing and rotating logs and doing log management on a log server, it was decided to increase the size of the disk on the server. Now, this is obviously more recent than old school because we're talking virtual machines. We all know that we can expand and collapse disks pretty much virtually on the fly nowadays. So this individual, having not yet been caffeinated, decided in their great wisdom and judgment to increase the partition size before the disk 
size. A Linux system, I'm assuming, because you can't do that on a Windows system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, they hadn't snapshotted it either. What's the first thing we learned today? <laughs> Backups. To quote them, the last time I checked, TARDIS technology had not made it into modern IT infrastructure. <laughs> so the server was completely unsure what to do with this new mystical partition and just stopped. Just stopped. It completely fell over. Mm-hmm. They had to clone the server, took the clone off the network, restored it from the most recent backup with the new disk layouts and everything. It was, to quote them, just an admin logging box. But yeah, it was one of those things that I just won't do again. <laughs> yeah. Another, oh. what was it? Was it a production? Well, if it's an admin login, it's probably it was still production. production uh, but... Yeah, login. Oh, so yeah. Probably it's the it volume was... of logs, isn't it? And how, you know, so they can. If you, I, if you I, remove I, the. I... If, if all your servers are log into some remote logging box and you take that away then the, all the logs start building up on the servers then you take every, you can yeah, take everything you can down so uh... yeah, but yeah unfortunately the way it works is disk sizes are kind of disk sizes as they're supposed to be and they are not TARDISes they cannot be larger on the inside than what they appear to be although we're very familiar with being told hey this is a one terabyte drive you plug it in and you only have 800 you know, gigs mm. available to you because are they using the 1000 factor or the 1024 factor? And then even then, do they have their own sort of re-servicing technology that they've decided to put on? Uh, but anyway, yes. So that was the case of Doctor Who. Oh, the very, <laughs> very first Linux experience I had, I managed to, it was something, I deleted something I shouldn't have deleted because I didn't really know how Linux worked. I was a Windows guy my entire life and very first time I went onto it, I think I either edited a file that was fundamental to the operating system functioning properly or I deleted the partition or something and it, everything just fell over. Luckily it was my own system, you know, and I hadn't, I didn't have to worry too much about it. But these days I'm a lot more confident, I'd say a good lot more confident than uh, than I used to be on Linux. But yeah, it's, it's easy to break it as well. Hey, you made me laugh earlier this week when you went, yay, Nano! I was so like I, I that just made me smile. Well, because Nano's like the, the 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 one editor in Linux that people kind of frown on and look at as a newbie editor, really. Don't if you're not using Vi or Vim, then you're then you're not a, a neckbeard. You're not a <laughs> Emacs or whatever. I've never Thing used is, I'm Emacs, a Vi so. girl, so come at me, bros. I'm hey, a Vi I, girl. Hey, I, I, but, well, I, I get when when uh, when we were our company, I was on site uh, down south somewhere for a few weeks, and. Um, we went to work for a company, uh, work with a company that was doing, uh, they did one part of the system and we did the other part of the system basically. So they they were using Linux systems and everything was our, on our side was Windows. <clears throat> and that's the first time I ever saw someone using Vi and oh, oh God, it was amazing. And that kind of sold me on shortcuts on computers. And these days like, you know, when I'm using Visual Studio or something, it's all shortcuts, I have to remove all the toolbars and, you know, it's red, red, but if, if anything and everything I can do with a shortcut, I will do. But back then it was like, I still don't fully understand. I still, every time I open Vi, I still have to remind myself how to quit out of it. Yeah, I have to say, you can tell when I'm using Vi, because Ew. I'm swearing. <laughs> well, colon, colon, WQ if you want to save. Colon, WQ, exclamation well, point if you want to just override. You have to be in the right mode before you can do that, though, as well, don't you? you there's an escape mode or some... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you just hit escape. 
Press I to insert. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's pretty simple. I should D- learn D- it. D- I should learn it. Oh, it's such, it's an, because oh it's God. installed on every distro pretty much as well, it's by default yeah. the Linux editor, it is, isn't yes. it? That's what, the... it? That's what I've had to learn, but it makes me want to stub my, my eyeballs out. <laughs> it really does. So. Wow. I, I imagine it's one of those things, if you, if you invest a couple of years of your life, you know, getting the muscle... Because, you know, being Windows guys, we've got all the muscle memory of, you know, Alt-FS and, you know... Yeah, yeah. And, and ReSharper, that's a, that's a, that's a particularly useful tool for us as Visual Studio guys, but it's it's a hell of a learning curve to pick up all of the shortcuts because you work using Visual Studio in a totally different way to you normally would. Um, yeah. Oh, well, it is. If you have one quick short one, which I want to hear from Anthony so bad it's not even funny, tell me about what's going on with the Wi-Fi at a warehouse. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, so... So when uh, this again is the company that me and Chris worked at, um, we uh, used to have this system. It was like a headset system um, that for pickers in a warehouse. So not only pickers in a warehouse when they're, when they're picking goods, they used to have a, a sheet of paper, but it meant they had to keep putting the sheet of paper down to pick stuff up. So we had this headset system where they talked to it, and it sounded like Stephen Hawking. And they go, "Pick three cans of coke." from aisle seven and you walk to it and you, get, and you say, oh, I picked six cans of Coke. And they go, oh, you needed to pick seven, you idiot. Yeah. So it was pretty good. And it, it was all um, it was, it was was all sort of real time. So it meant that, because the thing about warehousing is um, every sort of square inch costs money. So they're, they're always trying to minimize yeah. the amount of space they, they, they need. And so. the amount of, and the routes and everything. I mean, it was quite a complicated. It's actually taught me a lot about the world, just yeah, was, figuring out how it's different a, every a really interesting subject. Yeah, it is. I, I, I say it is if you're a developer. <laughs> working warehousing, it's it. Everyone's different. Every single warehouse is different. But one, one of, so one of, but one of the issues because that these obviously these headsets worked on Wi-Fi, and if the, the signal dropped, um, you know, they were difficult to use. So, um, so we we had a team who were experts in doing these the these Wi-Fi plans and made sure that there was coverage for the whole warehouse. And we got we had this one warehouse, and they'd ring us up and go, "There's just this dead spot in this particular area." So we send people out and we do another, you know, another survey. No, the Wi-Fi is fine. And then they ring us up and the dead spot was somewhere else the next day and somewhere else the next day. And it, it just moved around the warehouse. But the, the Wi-Fi was fine. Every time we sent somewhere, the signal was fine. Anyway, so we got somebody, I think, to, to stay in the warehouse for a few days and watch them and be there when Sleep it happened. Sleep on the pallets. And, and, you know, so they went out and they were like, oh, you know, you're right. The, the Wi-Fi has gone here. And then, you know, the next day it had come back. Anyway, after spending a few days, he realised that every time he was going to this this spot, this dead zone, it was where the cat litter was in this warehouse. And it turned out the cat litter was absorbing the Wi-Fi signal. But as the cat litter was in a different area of the warehouse every day, as the as the warehouse sort of got rebuilt during the day, this dead spot was moving around. So they were thinking it was a Wi-Fi issue when really it was it was the fact that they just needed to step to the side of the bloody cat litter. And cat litter and, absorbs more than just cat wee. It does. Apparently yeah. so. so. Toilet rolls apparently are pretty bad as well, although all the... Mm. So, yeah. It's, it's kind of funny because uh, the way you're talking about warehouses and how they're laid out and everything is actually pretty applicable to how um, operating systems or how certain applications are designed to store content on a hard drive. Um, so, for example... Um, uh, this is one of the things that stands out to me to this day from my educational courses. Uh, we were discover- or discussing about the development of operating systems, how you write the kernel, how you get it to write to the disk, read from the disk, all that stuff. And he's like, where on a disk would you store the most 
viewed movie. If you were delivering movie content to people. And it actually has an impact on the Sikh and everything else that goes with it. And there's uh, systems that actually kind of give us the media and content to watch today, actually have things built in to shift things around based exactly on how frequent this particular request is made for this piece of media content. And I just thought that was mind blowing, but you literally reminded me of that. And I think that's cool. It's pretty makes sense though, if it's on a hard disk, if it's on an SSD, but it wouldn't be in. Yeah, it's a little different there, but SSD, this is but... sort of the old school kind of stuff. I'm yeah. old. I was I was uh, speaking to some, I think it was um, Gord actually, who was on the, it was on the chair. The podcast a few months back um and he was saying that the um aws storage the long-term storage is tape back up yeah uh, tape apparently. backed so you'd have to stick a tape in or they've got a, archives of tapes that i imagine it's robotic of the old school <laughs> hackers movie where they're fighting over yeah. what television show should be playing like what backup should it be it's still fascinating um, though when you think it about is. it it's, it's still fascinating it that is. these older technologies are still getting used quite extensively even in modern uh, solutions i mean some of the solutions i, I work on for for various clients are the cross boundaries that you would never expect these days even you know as a consumer but as somebody mm -hmm. who's working in that industry it's it's still quite commonplace it is kind of now and venus says the only time i was glad i had put stuff on usb nothing important like that any of you just you know private pc was when my mom was also still using my pc when i came back from visiting a friend over the weekend my mom told me the pc was acting weird i went to check and it kept freezing and turning off my friend came to check it out and see my pc was full of viruses that came from when mom downloaded bear share <laughs> you really need to keep your mom away from your pc i think that's twice now your mom has done something horrible to your pc in vena what's bear share <laughs> what's bear yeah what's bear share I am willing to bet it's probably something torrentable or something along those like old school LimeWire. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just saying yeah, I'm not that's gonna, the thing. Not during the it's show, like, at least. Remember Bonsai Buddy? Uh, yes. Oh my God. That monkey. Was it a monkey or something? It was it a was gorilla. A gorilla, green, yeah. er, pink, purple. Purple gorilla. <sighs> ah, but we have reached that point of the show where it is RTFM. Oh, this yes. is the time where we get to rant. This is where we get to pick something and basically bat at it with fists of doom or chairs of fury. Mm, yes. Do you have any RTFMs this week? Has anything annoyed you this week, Anthony? Um, nothing repeatable. <laughs> 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 uh, so, so yes, uh, but I probably can't share it, unfortunately. <laughs> Can you share it in an anonymous way? No, no, no okay. that's a problem. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I'm struggling to be fair because I, I don't have anything, especially this week or everything that I've I've got to rant about is is or has already been ranted about at the moment. Well, then I will happily step up to the plate. Here is my simple rant. If you run an online game, aka a game that requires a server, and you shut that down, please kindly release the code to the public. Fans really need that. Fans will be very thankful. So what am I Even if the stipulation is, 
you need to have us, you know, pay us monthly for the users you have, whatever. I don't care. Make that stuff usable. We live in a day and age where if something happens to Steam, let's just say something happens to the company Valve and Steam itself is completely written off, every single game you have on there, gone. Mm -hmm. Unless you've got a DRM-free version from Humble Bundle or something as, as part of the exactly you got for that particular set of games but we live in a day and age where we use servers and cloud technology more and more and more and mmos as an example please 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 give your code to the community or at least back them it'll look good to your company you might get people who will happily come in in an open source way and fix bugs that you might have had um like just do that I say this as someone who misses City of Villain, City of Heroes. I say this as somebody who misses Wildstar. I say this as somebody who just wishes all things were available. Bring back dedicated servers for all games. I have to say, um, <clears throat> Toltepe's uh, RTFM. Sales that promise too much and management that do not manage and let developers take all the shit resulting from it. Oh. I have to say that is absolutely nothing to do with the thing that I can't talk about from uh, my article. <laughs> just, uh, just throwing that out there. So you could have said something like that. That's generic. <laughs> Let's do, that, I, to be I, fair, I we have talked about that quite a few times, haven't we? Sales we, we have. Mismanaging but I also agree with Ozzy the Dev, who says it is intellectual property. Sometimes it's not possible to release the code to the public. I agree. Yeah. And I think it would be really cool if there were companies out there who took the sort of uh, almost open development community, open source methodology when they go to do sunsets. I'm a and I think I, it's it's obviously going to vary from place to place. Yes, intellectual property, all the things that go with it, but. I would like to see that. I would like to see companies that are okay sunsetting and giving back. There's not necessarily a, a problem. I, I don't have a problem. I don't think that people should be giving the source code away necessarily. I think they should be giving the last uh, version of the binary away. So, for example, hmm. in the instance, of, I'm, I'll, I'll use the same example I use for every game ever. Quake 2, wonderful game back in the day. People still play it. There are still servers online for it as well, and you can still play, you can still set up and run a dedicated server with any number of mods from back in version 3.2 or whatever it was. It's still available. You could still run it. You can still play if you really want to. It's got a community. You know, people are going to be continuing. But the problem is, is a lot of these, especially um, console games, things like that, they don't have their online servers, the cloud-based servers that are owned and ran by Sony or I don't know, a naughty dog, or, you know, some big developer that if they go out yeah. of business, that's it. Servers have gone for good. It, it, I think it kind of breaks my heart because we do live in a day and age where even in apps, you know, there are certain apps that are gone that I really wish were still available. Or still run you on your know. PC because a lot of them, even with compatibility mode, won't run anymore. Well, see, I can kind of understand the whole thing with the compatibility thing, but like, I would love to see it where when it's finally done and they're like, yeah, we're not going to make anything else off this anymore. I'd like to see it almost treated like um, uh, you let the cow or the horse go out to pasture. They don't have to race anymore and see what happens because there's sort of three sides to it. One, I just want my stuff back. <laughs> you know, I just want all the good stuff to be there. But two, it can show people where things were at and ooh. 
<laughs> have fun squishing. Um, we can uh, have people learn. And I have seen programs, apps, games saved by communities. Yeah. We live in such a world where it's it's we have this this technology. I'd like to see us use it. I'd like to find a way to do it in a way where intellectual property is still justified and served and you know handled well because but I, I think if you turn around and you go, you know what, I'm done. This whole thing is over. In a way, I kind of think there's something to be said for saying you're done with the intellectual property then. Yeah, and well, isn't... I isn't don't know. There there's copyright... some weird things when it starts getting into copyright. And uh, to this day, it's, I still hate Disney. Doesn't it get freed after 25 years or something like that if it's not used? It depends on the country. Right. It depends on what kind of registration's been done. There's a whole lot to it, mm. and um, it's if we if if we if we ever get a lawyer on here, which I am looking to do, I'm actually looking to get a couple of lawyers on here. There's a few of them um, that I know that I want to nail in, just be like, talk to me about this stuff. But there are some really weird things when it comes to trademark, copyright, registration, registered things. Like there is some really twisted stuff involved, especially with in code. It as well yeah. with it being oh, so yeah. untangible and esoteric um well, they do a lot of um uh, I, I worked did some work for a company close to here actually that did forensic analysis of code bases based on things like mergers or um, companies that have split you know two directors have went two different ways and they've both taken a copy of the code one distinctly owns it and the other one shouldn't really own it but they've created their own product from the same base and they've been sued by uh, for a lot of money because of these tools that they use to actually do comparisons on the and i imagine code. that's a massive issue with releasing the code because if i imagine a lot of these back-end servers are using software that other people have written potentially yeah do, do you know what i mean that the, the, the sheer amount i'm cutting this off sorry. on purpose because we're at our time oh, sorry. it's not your fault but <laughs> there is an entire discussion to be had on if you write code for a company and then you're either fired you leave you relocate are you still allowed to remember the fact that you wrote that bloody code even though probably in your contract it is written that you wrote this code you handled the solution this way and it is now owned by the company that's a show I have I have a, a very specific example of that. I won't say it now, but I do have uh, Save it for the that's show. something that I consider in all my contracts. And most of the time, clients go for my solution to it. Ooh. But yes, we're at the end of our show. Kind of running in a little bit late today, but that's okay because Anthony is there. And, you know, it's, it's fun watching him gesticulate. You could probably be able to hear his chair squeaking, the taps on the table, the microphone, tap everything. Yep, but thank you to everybody in Twitch chat for joining us and listening to us live on the vodcast and podcast in the future. You will be joining us in the future, hopefully. Massive thank you to Envy and Tultepe. Someday, Tultepe, you have to come on the show. I really want to pick your brains. Ozzy the Dev, Aussie, Faradell, and a whole bunch of other people who I know who are just lurking like lurkers lurk. <laughs> yes, so... For those of you who are listening and watching, come visit our website, www.dnistream.live. You can find links to all of our past podcasts, our Discord, where you can come chat, rant, and everything else literally live. Yes, Athricol, I see you. You just like picking on Chris. Um, but yes, 
you can also go to our YouTube channel. Please, just go to our YouTube channel and subscribe and then forget about us. We just want to get a unique URL. <laughs> you, can use our, you can use our website to contact us for any reason whatsoever. Give us some feedback about the show. Give us feedback about past shows. Anything you want whatsoever. Um, send us a funny development story that we can read out next time we do one of these shows. And uh, Or if you want to be a guest, anything like that. Um, the source code for our website is also available on github.com forward slash documentation not included. You can come along, learn some Angular, learn some .NET Core, uh, get involved, try and do a, 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 PR, a what they call pull requests. That's it. Do a pull request Yar. like Anthony did with one of my uh, repositories and I'll reject it. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> He he, he corrected him. he corrected a spelling mistake in in the readme <laughs> in the readme that I copied and pasted from a client's readme because it was a ca um, a cata that I had to do for an interview. So he rejected <laughs> it because it was somebody else's spelling mistake. Yeah. It, it was his repository. It was my Should repository. Take responsibility. <laughs> anyway, another show. Sorry. Uh, that's like how people try to get into the Linux kernel by <laughs> yes, removing exactly. spaces. But yeah, and finally, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us, you and your big old jolly self. <laughs> uh, I, I know you've enjoyed it as you literally cannot stay away. <laughs> no, I have. Thank you very much for having do. me again. Yes. Do you want to pimp or not pimp again? No, I'm fine with not pimping. You can check him out on GitHub. He's got lots of uh, public open source uh, yeah, commits but, but, that you can have a laugh at. And <laughs> in languages, I've got no idea what any of it means. MATLAB and... It's all very complicated. Co <gasps> What's the other one? Kotlin? Kotlin. Kotlin MATLAB. With? I've never done anything in MATLAB. I thought you said you did. No. You said, oh, okay. No, Sorry. Okay, Kotlin then, whatever that is. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we can we can we do hope to see everybody next week, Thursday, seven pm UK time on twitch.tv forward slash DNI stream. Keep your eyes on our Twitter account at DNI stream or hang out in our Discord chat for show updates. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. Goodbye. That is literally everybody. our show. It is. Hopefully you've enjoyed Bye. today. Bye. Bye. Bye.